Hey guys, this is Scott. And what you're about to hear is an absolutely different episode that promises to be pretty crazy with the title of how women talk about men and what they say when we're not around. And I'll tell you what, my guest is none other than my lovely and talented wife, Emily, for the first time ever, by the way, after 134 episodes. And we just finished, actually, FYI, recording another episode that is the other side of the coin. It's called How Men Talk About Women When Women Aren't Around. And if you'd like to hear that, it's going to be on X and Y on the Fly, which is the other podcast that Emily and I have been doing off and on since 2006. You can find X and Y on the Fly under the same category in iTunes as you can find this one, which is health slash sexuality. Or you can simply go to the show notes page at www.scottandemily.com front slash podcast. And we have another exciting announcement for you, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. Go ahead and fasten your seatbelts for this one, guys. If the last episode we just finished recording is any indication of what this one's going to be like, you're in for some uh, pretty valid entertainment value. (laughs) Enjoy. Live from the mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Greetings to you, gentlemen, wherever you may be all over this big wide world of ours. This is your main man, Scott McKay, and I want to personally welcome you to another episode of The Big Show. That's the Mountaintop Podcast, of course. Today, you're in for something completely different, and I've said that before, but I'll tell you something. My guest today is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She would be my favorite person in the entire world had she not born a couple, you know, new human beings who we now share a life with named John and Sarah. So who else could I be talking about than my lovely wife, Emily McKay? Welcome, Emily. Thank you, babe. I'm glad to finally be a guest on your show. Well, you know, you and I have been hosting podcasts together for quite some time. This is something that isn't new to us. No, it's not. We've done plenty of these. Well, not plenty of these. No, not not on Mountaintop. No, not Chick Whisperers, not Mountaintop. We've just talked about you a lot on this show behind your back. <laughs> Good, I'm sure, I hope. Which is exactly what the uh, topic of the last podcast we did was on the show you and I have hosted together for whew, 12 years now. Right. Which was how men talk about women when women aren't around. And that was very insightful. I really appreciate hearing and picking your brain on that. That well, was a bit of a frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use another term that starts with F, but I think I'm going to go with frenzy. I think I revealed some things that I probably shouldn't have revealed that may get me a lot of hate mail and bad reviews on iTunes, but it was honest. It's how men talk about women, what we think about women when they're not around. I mean, when women are around, we tend to behave a certain way. When women aren't around, things are slightly different. And it's not that men are bad. It's that we're men. So you guys... If you want to hear that side of the discussion, go to X and Y on the Fly and listen to it, like I told you in the intro. But let's get down to business. All right. You're my guest today. You're my co-host. And we're going to have a, um, well, if it's anything like the other one, it's going to be quite a lively discussion on how women talk about men when we're not around. Oh, I guess I'm the one that's now in the spotlight or painted in a corner. (laughs) Yeah. Spotlight rhymes with hot seat. 
And I guess you're probably in it. Right. And now I have to reveal all our little secrets. Well, you know, the funny thing about this, the curious thing about this, I should say, is you can only speak for yourself and the women you know, and I can only speak for myself and the men I know. So truth be told, whether you're a man or a woman listening to this, and yes, guys, I invited the women to come over and uh, kind of take a sneak peek because if they're listening to the X and Y on the fly podcast version of this, you know, they're going to want to hear what we have to say here. So they're invited. So men and women, you all who are listening out there, bear in mind your experience, your mileage may vary, but we're going to do our darndest to be honest. At least I'm going to do my darndest to be honest. I did my darndest to be honest. What about you? Well, we'll find out. I guess we will. (laughs) There's clue number one to how women talk about men when we're not around. (laughs) They're coy about whether they're honest or not. All right. So let's kick this conversation off. I think a lot of guys, they think that when women get together, let's say we're in a relationship. Okay. Okay. First of all, let's do the relationship version of this discussion. Our wife or our girlfriend is going and hanging out with her best buds, and women love to talk about their boyfriends and their husbands. Yes, yes, we do. So every little detail about what we're like in bed, the last argument we had, our penis size, all of that's fair game anytime you're talking to your girlfriends, especially your besties. Well, I mean, there are some limits of what we're going to talk about. I mean, we'll talk about the relationship aspect of it, but it comes to limits where we don't really give the details of our sexual experiences with our girlfriends. We may talk about that we had it, but we don't go into detail of how big the penis is unless it's something significant or So you know which of your girlfriends have significant penises in their life? No, not really, no. No. Okay. No, we really don't discuss that. For example, we don't go to our girlfriends and go, hey, last night I had sex and it was so awesome. As a matter of fact, we did this and that and then this particular move and then that particular position. It was amazing. We don't do that. I notice you're not giving any details even now. <laughs> you don't kiss and tell. We, well, we, we don't kiss. Screw, we don't screw and tell. <laughs> we, we kiss, but we don't kiss and give a whole lot of detail. Very vague. So when you're with your besties, I would assume you're telling them things. You're sharing things with them at a deeper level than you would with, say, mere acquaintances. Exactly. I mean, I would not tell my the people I meet or people who I don't know very well or just people I hang out with but don't have a close connection to. I'm not going to tell them the ins and outs of my relationship. No pun intended. <laughs> ins and outs, right? Well, but I mean, I don't even tell them if I've had a bad day. Really? Well, mere acquaintances, right? Right. I mean, my besties will know this because as soon as something bad happens, you know, we're on the phone texting each other. Hey, you know, I need to talk. And what's wrong? I'll tell you later. So for the most part, private lives are pretty much going to stay as private as the woman's personality type is going to want them to be. Yes. That's probably not gender specific. Some people are very open and honest and out there and will tell strangers anything. And other people are very private. I think women's personality types... Kind of will dictate how much is told. That's an interesting point you brought up because I have spoken to strangers who have told me their whole life experiences in great detail. Ain't that the truth. But, you know, sometimes that can be refreshing to them because it's somebody they don't know and never see again. Well, that's probably a good thing. It's kind of like going to confession except not having to be Catholic. (laughs) 
or not having to face uh, someone face to face who knows your secrets. Right. Someone you may never see again. Right. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Exactly. How do women talk about sex when they're with their girlfriends in a way that's different than how they talk about it with men around? Because, you know, I'm thinking probably when women have a bunch of men around, they're not going to talk about sex so openly and blatantly because they're thinking men are going to think, oh, great. She wants to have some sex. Let's do this thing. And this is probably not a relationship-ish topic, but just for the record, how would that go? How do women talk about sex differently together than when men are around? Well, it depends on what the circumstance is going on. If you have your girlfriends bashing on the guy that they're upset with and they've broken up, then they're going to, if it wasn't a good sexual experience, they'll talk about that. Okay, hold on. After the breakup, it's all fair game with your besties. I think so. Well, I think some women feel that way. That's harsh. I don't even think guys are like that. They just want to move on. (laughs) Not all women do that, but there are some out there who who do. I mean, there's revenge porn and all, but I think those guys are outliers. Right. Women will just go on. Yes. Well, well, especially if they were broken up with and the guy was really horrible. Uh, She'll dish all the baggage out there if she's with her best, best friends who she feels comfortable with. But not just a mere strangers, hopefully. Hopefully not. I mean, they're out there, but they're few and far between. What goes on at these sex toy parties? <laughs> y'all go these y'all go to these girls' night out things, and sometimes there are these slumber parties or, you know, what's the other one called? Pure romance. Every guy knows what we're talking about. And if you do, assuming you do, guys, those of you who have been in relationships with women who went to one of these sex toy parties, which is all stag or whatever the equivalent of stag is for women. Dough. It's all dough. <laughs> Women only. No men allowed. It's like a secret private organization. Wouldn't y'all love to know that? Well, we're about to because you're going to tell us. Am I now? Yes, you are because that's the topic <laughs> of the show, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, hey, I did my part. I went first. That you know, is They true. say ladies first. You know, I talked first about the ladies. I did the heavy lifting first. That's me being chivalrous here. So, you know, you better bring the goods. Man, the seat is getting really hot. (laughs) That's because look who's sitting in it. Anyway. No, I tell you, you know, you've asked me this before. And boy, I just know the guys love, would love to know what we do in those places when we're just us girls talking about sex toys and all the different things that go with that wonderful stuff. The gels and whatnot. But really, we're not talking about our men. At that point in time, we're talking about how we can please you guys. You know, here's some techniques or here's the different toys that pleasure us or what we can do, even how to pleasure you. Well, you know, hold on a second. It isn't necessarily about us in particular that we need to know about here or want to know about or we're curious about. It's how you talk about men in general when we're not around also. I mean, yeah, it's great to know. What you're talking to women about in terms of us when we're in a relationship with you. But, you know, the general aspect of it is fine, too. Well, yes, we do talk a little bit in generalities, but we tend to keep a lot of that. Believe it or not, we get really shy there. Oh, I would imagine. And a lot of the personal stuff, our sexual experiences, we don't talk about. I imagine it varies wildly in the room. It can, depending on how big the audience is. And not everybody is very well acquainted with one another. But usually the consultant will pull us aside at the end of the show mm-hmm. and she'll have a personal talk with us. Uh-oh. And that's when if there's something you want to talk about, you know, that's deficient or that you want to make improvements on, that's the time to talk to her and she gives advice and shows what she has that might be helpful. 
But when it's with the girls, with the group, we don't dare talk about it. You know, here's the thing. You guys who are listening to this, maybe you're in a relationship, maybe you've got a girlfriend, and maybe she's been to one of these parties, or many of them. The first time our woman goes to one of those things, we're thinking, man, I'm about to hit the jackpot. She's going to come back so horny. She's going to have all these new ideas. I'm going to get the best blowjobs I've ever had, blah, blah, blah. And then by the third or fourth one, we're just thinking it's pretty pathetic because it's a big sales pitch. You're going to come home with some cream that doesn't work. And you've already got enough vibrators to fill the nightstand drawer already. And we're thinking, you know, this is just an excuse to hear a sales pitch and go drink five bottles of wine together. Although I was at one party where one of the girls had a little too much to drink and was hitting on one of the other women. And we're all married women. (laughs) Well, that must have been interesting. It sure was. Do women talk about lesbian fantasies and their fantasies in general a little bit more openly around other women than they would with a man in their life? No, they don't. Um, we don't even touch that subject. <laughs> that was a pretty uh, terse answer. <laughs> we really don't. Well, we got that one off the table pretty quickly. Right? I mean, it's funny how guys think that we do, or they have this fantasy that if we're off with our girlfriends, that we must be touchy-feely and getting a little friendly with one another, but we're really not. It's very, very platonic. So there isn't this dirty little secret that all women are pawing each other up and tonguing each other down when men aren't around. Correct. That's yeah. right. Although but, I'm not speaking for all women. I mean, there's some women out there who are into that. I see how you are. But, you know, that's not everybody. You know of this happening. Well, there's rumors. There's rumors, yes. Ah, okay. I think we better leave it there. <laughs> and on that note, the single guys who are listening are probably just dying to know how women talk about them after first dates or even, well, let's talk about first dates and then we'll talk about how women talk to each other about guys they're interested in and what they wish the guy would do and what their fantasies are like and how they want to be met and how they want to be approached. Boy, there's a lot to talk about there. Oh, no kidding. Now, this information we're talking about now is stuff that we can share with our besties, but we can even share it with our coworkers, with virtually anybody we meet because we are so excited. You know, it's like our hearts are beating fast and we get incredibly excited looking forward to a, a new date. Well, except for the guys. You don't tell any of us this stuff. Although sometimes guys in the cubicle jungle have had to endure these stories about some hot chick meeting this great guy. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's great. Fine. Thank you. Put me through some more torture. But we love this stuff. Matter of fact, if I'm working with someone and I hear that she's going on a date or she might be meeting somebody, I'm like, oh my goodness, who you met? Who is he? What is he like? What do you know about him? We want all the details. You know, this is a very interesting conversation in particular because I think guys are sometimes completely oblivious to the fact. Sometimes they won't even believe it goes on, but they're oblivious to the fact that women are excited after a first date that goes well, and they are excited to meet a guy, and they do talk about him. And there are situations where she can't stop thinking about him, and she's just so excited to see him again. I mean, it sounds like you know, one of the musical sequences in Greece with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. But I mean, you know, there's an element of truth there. What is it that a guy does to deserve that kind of response from women? And what is it that you're telling your besties or even other women in general about what happened that's so damn interesting to everybody? Well, it's that romantic movie type moment that we're looking forward to. You know, he shows up and we don't, we don't know what's going on in, in generality. We know we're going on a date. 
and we know that it's going to go well, but he surprises with this awesome restaurant or these awesome picnic plans. It doesn't have to be expensive either, but it's a surprise and it's a romantic surprise. And, you know, even the kiss can be romantic, you know, when it's done at the special moment at the right time. So y'all love the movie moments. We do. So we a guy live for it. who makes a movie moment happen, who makes you feel protected and safe and honored as a woman and knows how to be masculine, knows how to ignite your femininity like we talk about around here, isn't necessarily trying just to do the deed and close the deal. Oh, gosh, I can't stand that saying. <laughs> we talk about those guys, too. Okay, what do you say about those guys when things go wrong? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I've had that happen. My girlfriends have all had that happen. And boy, do we talk. That, that, can, that can consume our whole day. Just, just talking about one bad date? Or talking about one bad seed. Okay, <laughs> so you're at work. Right. And you have a coworker and you work around each other all day long. So you're both working in a medical office together. You could theoretically spend an entire workday talking about one bad guy on one bad date. Yes, because we're so upset it didn't work out. It's like, ugh, you know, why did he have to be a jerk? Why did he have to do this or that? And, you know, we just go on and on. It's like we really wanted it to work out and it <laughs> didn't. And we talk about all that went wrong. And You just pronounced the G in ugh. What is this, peanuts? <laughs> you know, you didn't go, oh, he went, ugh. <laughs> like you're reading it. Off a... It's like a commercial given by someone who like works for some, you know, nonprofit organization and they're given a public service message and they say like, the, the local chapter is holding that you can just tell they're reading. Yes. That's what it felt like when you said, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> I must have been texting too much. Yeah, right. Anyway, so you're at work all day. And if something wonderful happens, are you going to belabor this all day long with your poor coworker who didn't go on a bad date last night too? Or is that a briefer conversation, smaller scale? Keep that reined in a little. We keep that reined in a little bit. We don't want to rub it into our girlfriends that, uh, you know, they, it didn't quite go out well for her unless no one likes her. Oh, my gosh. Well, then you get the caddy aspect of it. Yes. Working. Yes. Right. So if you have a guy you like back in school. And another girl likes that guy, too. And you get to go out with him, and the other girl doesn't. Uh, the two of us are girlfriends? Well, I'm about to ask that. Mm. Does how you handle that with her completely depend on the nature of your relationship with her? I would assume so. Yes, it would absolutely make a huge difference. Right. So it's going to be either a scene from Clueless or Mean Girls, or it's going to be just kind of kept under wraps. Well, not necessarily Mean Girls, but, you know... If she deserves it, then we're not going to exactly try to hide and, you know, say, spare her the heartache. Now, women will be really catty and really brutal with each other, more so than men are, I think, generally speaking. I mean, men can get into a tiff and then when we're over it, we're over it. But man, when women decide they don't like each other, that just simmers. Yes. And, and this isn't new information to anybody. I'm just acknowledging it based on the conversation we're having. So how do guys... And dating and sex enter into those kind of dynamics between women. Well, you know, most guys don't realize, but we're more forgiving of the men than we are of each other. That's usually true. Because a man can really royally screw up. And a woman can really screw up. But we're likely to be mad at her for eternity. Whereas the guy can actually patch things up. So if you walk in on your man in bed with another woman, you're going to be more angry with the woman than the guy. Not that I'm getting any ideas. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm just continuing the flow of the conversation. It can happen that way. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen women become best friends 
because well, the man cheated on both of them, basically. And my goodness, that's an uncomfortable position for the guy because the two of them are quite powerful. And I've seen it the other way around where the woman has been more vicious towards the woman who, who cheated on her man. Now, as soon as you said it goes both ways, every guy listening was thinking, oh, so they just join in. <laughs> Make a threesome. I know where you're thinking of today. Well, I was simply going off what you said. Right. All right. So let's say there's a guy you like and he has no idea you like him. I mean, I guess it matters whether he even knows you exist or not. How do you and your girlfriends talk about how you're going to get to meet this guy or get him to go out with you? Oh, that's a good one. We, I was thinking that as you started talking about that. Yes, we do. We try to... Scheme is not the right word. Plan. Try to plan a strategy of either bumping into him by accident or if someone has a connection to him, either through a friend, a sister, best, you know, one, maybe one of his best friends, we will, you know, send word through the vine that uh, so-and-so is interested and if he could find out if he likes him back. So you quite literally strategize how you're going to put yourself in his way without actually going to the extent of saying, hey, stupid, ask me out. Exactly. We're not going to do the first move. Most wow. of us don't do the first move. But we try to help the guy out and let him know through someone else, hey, she may like you, you know, go ask her out. How do you choose your go-between? Well, it depends how badly you like him. You know, sometimes we won't get too picky there. You know, I've... Whoever I've, knows him. Exactly. I mean, I've gone to someone who I don't know very well, and it's his best friend. And if we get along pretty well, you know, and I feel it out, and I think he thinks that we'll be a good match, I let him know that I'm interested and if, you know, he could do something about it. So back in high school, I had girls I barely knew come tell me so-and-so likes me. And I think it was just because it was her best friend. And that was the particular best friend who had the courage to come talk to me about her. Because I imagine, you know, that takes a certain amount of moxie on a woman's part to go make that conversation happen. But, you know, as women, we love being matchmakers. That's true. So are you going around trying to matchmake all your single friends all the time if you're married? Yes. Or even when I was single, I would do that. Wow. How does that work? How does that conversation go? That could be a million and one different ways, but we always try to help the guy out. The whole purpose is to get him to ask her out. And, you know, there's different avenues in which to do so. You know, either I can go up to him and say, hey, what do you think about her? I think she might be a nice, nice match for you. Maybe you should go out and ask her out. Or if I don't know him well enough, it can come off as pushy or it can come off as needy clingy if, if I go do all the talking or have his friend, if his friend perceives it too, it's going to fall apart. So it has to be done with some delicacy so it doesn't come off as needy and clingy at the same time. So there are limits to how much go-betweening can happen before you just go, look, girl, you're going to have to make something of this. Or look, dude, you're going to have to fish or cut bait, ask this girl out or what. Exactly. And you know, a lot of times the guy still doesn't do anything about it. Oh, I know. I've got uh, my own personal stories on that front that I could tell. <laughs> I've heard of them. Yes. They're really interesting. <laughs> We're not going to belabor them again on this show. These guys have heard them before. But oh, yes, I've had girls in high school tell me that someone liked me and I still needed a couple of weeks to grab my balls and ask her out. I'm assuming yeah. it's because a lot of times the guys don't believe it. It's, they think it's too good to be true or that the girl is lying about it. And as soon as he asks her out, they're going to laugh about it. Is that right. It's a trap. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's how men think. Yeah. And the thing is, we as men are usually very alone in that thinking because we wouldn't dare talk to our friends about that because we'd look weak 
or they'd laugh at us. But going through school, you know, high school, and even for many guys, college and into young adulthood, it's not something you dare tell your friends about. You just suffer silently until you get help from someone like me. Right. But if you get a message from someone letting you know that someone's interested in you, rest assured, it is most likely than not, it is true. Yeah, women tend to not throw those kind of frat parties where you invite ugly girls on purpose just so you can line them up and make fun of them. Right. Well, you know, it doesn't happen. That's incredibly hurtful, by the way, when guys do that. Right. Well, it takes a lot of strength on our part just to even stick yourself out there to let you know we're interested. Just to send our friend out on a mission is difficult because we could get rejected. Now, that's one thing that's not difficult for most men is sticking ourselves out there to let you know we're interested. You know, if you take off your clothes, we're pretty much going to be able to do that straight away. Right. Most guys. Sticking ourselves out there. (laughs) Easy. Virtually impossible for women. Right. Unless your perkies get cold. Aw, yeah, that don't, that's not too hard either. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get too off track here, when women talk about being approached, being asked out, what do they discuss in terms of their dream scenario and what do they discuss in terms of what sounds really creepy to them? Well, the dream scenario is easy. The creepy part is a long list. So I'll start with the dream scenario. If you've seen it on the movies, most likely that's our dream scenario. You, know? you mean the movies that are designed for women? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not the action-adventure flicks. Right. If you yeah. watch some of those, you'll get some great ideas on how to create those moments. Oh, yeah. If you watch those movies, the guy who all the women are rooting for is the guy to take notes from, always. Yeah. And most men don't ever watch those movies. No, yeah. no, they don't. They think it's boring. It's lame. It's a girl chick flick. It's like if you want to attract a woman... Take notes. When Hollywood writes for women, they know what they're doing. And we've talked about this. Well, they've done lots of study and research. So when women go to the grocery store, they want to be approached by a guy if he does it right. Yes. Just not the creepy moments. No, that reminds me of the refrigerator moment. (laughs) You were going to tell me about the creepy ones too, remember? So what's the refrigerator moment for the benefit of the guys listening? Well, the refrigerator moment. You remember Steve Martin? My blue heaven. Yes. You could melt all this stuff. Exactly. It's so lame and corny. But, you know, women, if they really like you, they can get past the corny, believe it or not. So I could do My Blue Heaven. You know, it's not good for you to be here in the frozen food section because you could melt all this stuff. And she'll go, oh, and just swoon over it. If it's the right guy, yes. Not everybody can pull it off, though. Well, I mean, at the very least, you know, kind of saunter up next to the woman. That's the first time I've ever used the word saunter on this show. A guy sauntering, huh? Yeah. After 134 episodes, we're finally sauntering, getting around to it. That's because I'm your guest for the first time. Yeah, you're pretty saunterable yourself. Um, anyway, people are vomiting. <laughs> These guys aren't used to this. Anyway, you go up to the avocados in the produce section, and a woman happens to be buying avocados. And you say, hey, how do you pick a ripe avocado? That's Shut perfect. Up. Perfect. Yes. Now, creepy would be something that you're trying to force on a woman, something that would make her uncomfortable. And I'll give you some examples. Oh, please. Like I went on a first date and it wasn't really much of a first date. It was more of a meeting. We met online and we were both busy and like, let's just meet up Wendy's. It's a fast food joint, right? So we had a quick, brief 15, 20 minute lunch and he insisted on a kiss. Okay. It's one thing to ask for a kiss. I didn't mind. But when I said no, no would not suffice in, you know, leading to begging and pleading and, you know, well, there's not going to be a second date. And, well, yeah, you're right. There's not going to be a second date. That's creepy. You know, when I'm forced not to feel comfortable anymore, you know, that's a whole different zone. 
Yeah, taking a woman's comfort away from her is why the Me Too movement started, basically. You know, some guys take it to extremes, and those guys should all be locked up. But a lot of guys are out there left thinking, man, I can't even talk to women anymore. They don't want me to talk to them. But you and your girlfriends, when you're behind closed doors, or let's just say away from men, you're talking actively about these movie moments. And this guy would meet me this way. And if a guy actually does it the right way, I'm imagining that would take up the entire work day to discuss too. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I remember when you and I were dating and I was so excited. And every time I went on a date with you, or at least once a week, I'd go to the uh, nail salon. And I had the same lady, Kim, who would do my nails. And she would ask me, so how did it go this week? When are you going to meet him next? And she would ask me all the questions. She wanted to know all the details. So you all ask each other for the report if you're not getting it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, that's crazy. I think deep down I knew that went on. But it's just so amazing to the male mind that women would want play-by-play about the guys they're seeing. And her friends who were, who worked with her, her co-workers, wanted to hear about it too. So it was like a little group thing. Fascinating. Now, see, here's the takeaway for all these guys who are listening. If you screw up on a date, man, the conversation is going to be ruthless. <laughs> if you are charming and you do things that demonstrate you have some skill with women and that you actually like them... Women are going to talk about you and every one of the woman you're seeing's besties is going to wish they were her. Well, even if the guy screws up in the mild way, you know, something that was insignificant but charming, you know, he can make little mistakes and get a lot of things right. And we'll talk about that and go, oh, he was just so sweet, you know, and even though he did this, that's no big deal. It's kind of more endearing. Can he screw up more if he's hot? Yes. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but yes. But you'll still bitch about it, won't you? Of course, yes. If a would. guy's really good looking or has a lot going for him and he's screwing up, what'll probably happen, I'm thinking, is you'll go and tear him a new one with all your besties and then go out with them again anyway. Yeah, we probably would. I've done that at least once. <laughs> what about the situation where you're sexually attracted to a guy, but you don't like him? How do women talk about men like that? Same way? No, we actually talk about how hot he is and how he excites us. We don't talk about the negative stuff of that because there's no long-term emotion invested in that because we don't see him as long-term. So in other words, a guy can be really good looking and you'll talk about him just kind of in whimsical terms, but you know, it's not going to get too deep and none of you are really going to act on it. Exactly. We'll just admire Sometimes we like admiring. For example, you've seen those posts on social media where you see the firemen outfits and the guys are showing off their bodies and they had these little puppies and they're like the little comment referring to the puppies, but it was a, a pun on how good these guys look. If you say so. I'm not typically looking for those posts on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> We're all lost here, except for those few women who straggled over from uh, X and Y on the fly. We have no idea what you're talking about. We've never seen that before. Well, you know, there's no there's no commitment. There's no long-term relationship that's going to happen from it. But, you know, we can talk about it briefly or at least make notation of it to each other that we saw this cute, buff-looking guy. Now, what about the guy I call, there's just something about that guy? Like if you're in an office and there's a guy who maybe isn't buff or looking like one of those firemen with a puppy or the puppy. But the women just adore him because he's masculine and he carries himself a certain way and he just has a certain charisma, um, a certain warmth about him that women like. How do women talk about that guy 
when no one can really put their finger on why he's so great or why he's so attractive? Do they spend time trying to figure that out or do they just roll with it and go, yeah, I know. I have no idea, but there is something about that guy and they leave it at that. No, they do. They talk about it. I'm sure there's always a guy somewhere out there, either at work or somewhere in our lives that fits that perfect description. And, you know, as women, we'd rather be with that kind of guy than a good-looking, prettier guy than ourselves. And when our girlfriends all get together, we talk about him. And sometimes some of them, we don't quite figure out why we get hot for him, why we're excited, why we want to go out with him. But we're figuring it's probably because he's just sweet and nice and kind to us. And that turns us on, too. One thing I've noticed about women is they can make any conversation turn to pregnancy. Yes, we can, especially if we've had children before. <laughs> right. And especially if one of them is pregnant or wants to be or just gave birth. That's always amazed us as guys. What I want to know along those same lines, because we know women talk about pregnancy when we're around them, let alone when we're not. Give me some examples of things men have no idea women talk about because they wouldn't dare talk about them at all ever in front of men. Well, great detail about the birthing experience, and we can spend literally hours. It's funny because I'll be with my girlfriends, and you walk in, and you realize we're talking about our birthing experiences. And I'll leave. And you'll leave. You're like, of I'll course you're talking about I'll grab a bottle of water that. and leave or something. <laughs> because we'll talk about each and every one of the births. So if we've had three kids or ten kids, you know, you're going to get the full report on all of it. Each birth is a different experience. So, yes, we do. We give great details. And then on top of all that, sometimes there's – not complications, but there's side effects to giving birth, such as the episiotomy where you get cut or you tear down there. And we talk about that too and how that sometimes affects sex in the bedroom because it's painful to just to go to the bathroom and pee. I mean, you dread it because you're just, just pure tears and want to scream in pain when you do that. So you can imagine how sex in the bedroom isn't going to happen for a few weeks. And we talk about that. So you talk about medical stuff a lot more openly than you would if men were around. Yes, we do. And then we talk about solutions. If one has experience about it and the other one's going to go through it, what she can do to help ease the pain. So generally speaking, would you say if there are topics, assuming there are topics that women talk about when men aren't around, is it because you're sparing us the boredom of oh. having to talk about it? Or are there things that really we're just not going to talk about if men are present? because they don't deserve to hear about it, or it's some kind of secret yaya sisterhood thing. Well, it's a little bit of that. It's also a little bit of embarrassment or shyness to talk about this to our girlfriends with a guy in the room. You know, we, we tend to want our little private life, and sometimes that private life is reserved for just our girlfriends. One last question. When women go out on a date with a guy, and it goes well, do they go home and masturbate thinking about him? No, <laughs> we right. don't. I think there's probably some women who would, but for the most part, we don't. And that's your answer and you're sticking to it. That's my answer and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to say for the record? That we love our men. You love your men. Most women love men. Yes. Not a lot of women bash their men all the time when they get around their besties. We don't. We usually spend most of our time talking about how wonderful we love our guys. We talk about what he's done for us, if he surprised us with a cake, our favorite cake. We're like, oh, wow, you know what he did for me yesterday? He actually surprised me. I didn't even expect it. And there was a cake for no reason, just because I'd wanted one for the last week. Sounds familiar. I know, right? But we do. We talk about wonderful things about what our guy's done. We love 
making each other feel good. And we know that our girlfriends love hearing the good news from us. I think that's whatever echo chamber you're preferring to hang out in. But if your girlfriends are talking poorly about you, the relationship is in trouble. Huh, that's interesting. And how much are your best friends or your acquaintances who are having good relationships with their guys going to put up with it? Are they going to play dating coach for each other? I know women do that. We do. We try. We try to say, well, he didn't mean it or find something to comfort the situation, but really it's a Band-Aid. Yeah, right. I know women really do love to give each other armchair dating and relating advice, though. Just be yourself, honey. As well-meaning as it is, there's a lot of bad advice out there. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. That's why we still have a day job. That's right. I think it's interesting that you would say when you hang out with your friends, it doesn't descend into a man bashing session. Because I think a lot of guys think all women get behind closed doors and just start railing on men and masculinity. But I think it really is an echo chamber. I think if you want to do that, you're going to need to find women who are going to be your partners in crime and talking like that. It's not every woman and every group of friends who are like that. I would agree with that. Most of us women are cheering each other on. We want to succeed in our dating and love life. That's why we matchmake. We want people to end up together happily ever after. If you can be happily ever after, I can be happily ever after, and we're all going to be happy. That's just the way we are wired. What? There's no big clandestine effort before you go out on a date to figure out how to trip the guy up and make him lose so you can make fun of him and reject him? Well, that would be miserable even for us. <laughs> Why would we do that to ourselves unless there's something broken about us? That's a great takeaway, guys. Hope you heard that one because I think she does speak for most women there. Absolutely. Now, in the prelude of this show, I promised an announcement and Emily and I are going to make that together. Gentlemen, for the first time in 13 years, and it took over 12 years of marriage to get us to the point where we were ready to do this, we've produced a program for you called Get Together, Stay Together. And it's the first program Emily and I have ever done together. And it's all about how to get the right woman in your life, have the relationship long-term that lasts, that goes the distance, that's built to last, and how to be the couple everyone else admires. Yeah, the kind that us women will talk about with our girlfriends. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of husband you want to be. That's the kind of boyfriend you want to be. Now, gentlemen... I know a lot of you guys are interested in notching the bedpost and dating a bunch of women, but unless you plan on being, I don't know, Hugh Hefner for the rest of your life and an international playboy, you're going to find a great woman and you're going to want to live a life, leave a legacy with her, maybe have a couple kids, son and a daughter, write history together, as we say in our program. So don't kid yourself. You don't want to go into that blind. You want to get as much 2024 sight as you possibly can And the new program, Get Together, Stay Together, is your blueprint for having a great relationship with the woman of your dreams, kind of like we have. Absolutely. Although your relationship isn't with the woman of your dreams. No, I'm glad. Yeah. It's with the man of my dreams. My movie moment. Yes. It's an eternal movie moment around here. Yes. Now guys are really vomiting. But anyway, guys, if you want to have a great relationship, and I know you do, A lot of men out there really don't know where to turn. It hasn't been modeled for us effectively by much of anybody. And there isn't any program out there that's going to give you this 2024 site. A lot of it's written specifically for women, and then women want to drag you along and maybe mold you into something you're not. Well, that's not what we're doing. This is step-by-step, no BS ways to be in a great relationship with the right person and make it last. So where do you go to find this brand new program? You go to www.gettogetherstaytogether.com. 
and it's right there for you. It's the name of the program, Get Together, Stay Together, and there will also be a convenient link for you on the show notes page, which as always is at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. I want to thank my lovely and talented guest, Emily McKay, for being here. Well, thanks. I've enjoyed it. Have me over anytime. And that's going to be one of the easiest edits ever. Man, that information just flowed out of you. Well, thank you. I had a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. And guys, if you're not on my newsletter yet, you need to be. That's free of charge. And we'll give you actionable information you can use to be better with women immediately. You can find that at mountaintoppodcast.com. Also, along with a big red button in the upper right corner that you can use to schedule 25 minutes for free talking to me personally, or Emily, if you'd like. That's right. I'm here. And until I talk to you again next time on The Big Show, this is Scott McKay. Be good out there. Mountaintop Podcast is produced by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the free X and Y Communications newsletter for men. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast.